0: Hi, this is Sylvie Curry from Ramona, California, and I'm listening to the Barbecue
1: Central show. Start the
2: Let's go!
1: You do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do
3: it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and oh. should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Central Show. This is a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I happen to be your program host, Greg Grimpy. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening, live fire, fun and frivolity show. Big show planned for you. We're going to get to that here in just a second. However, if you want to jump in via phone call or email, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling
2: 216-220-0966. Email Greg at com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show.
3: Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the first Tuesday of the month as we are launching headlong in the last quarter or the uh, last month of the third quarter of 2020. Creator of How to Barbecue Right, pitmaster of Killer Hogs Competition Barbecue Team. Amongst the many other credits, it is, of course, Malcolm Reed joining us. And we have plenty to get to. I was like, man, what am I going to talk to Malcolm about this month? And then quickly, 15 or 20 items uh, extolled out of me as I was racing through the outline. So plenty to get to. Not the least of which was uh, one of the last few videos that he did with the uh, Barbecue Ninja and that was a uh, barbecue alligator. So if you have been deep hankering on barbecued alligator, we can get some high-level stuff from Malcolm here on this show. But, of course, well, we'll both recommend that you go back and watch his How to Barbecue Ride YouTube channel where he and the Barbecue Ninja paired up and did a alligator. So uh, I can't say that I've ever been um, moved to the point of, Well, actually, I've never craved or even thought about alligator to eat, except the one time when I was in Florida and it was on the menu. It was deep fried, so it could have been chicken for all I know. And it said it was alligator. I'm sure it was priced like it was alligator. It tasted pretty much like chicken. So that was my first and only alligator experience. But it's just not top of mind, top of brain, not on the radar. So we'll see how that whole thing came about, I think, Uh, Craig is more known for, has become known to be that go-to Gator guy. And they were able to pair up out there at Malcolm's place and shoot that video. And it was great. Uh, So Malcolm Reed coming up 14 past the hour. Then 35 past first hour, Mike McLeod from World Food Championships. Last Friday, of course, they had to dismantle the 2020 version of the World Food Championships that was set to take place in November Uh, COVID claims another food sport victim here this time and we'll talk to Mike about everything that went into it. I would have to imagine that as March was rolling out and things really started to shut down as the entire public was trying to get wrangles on what was going to really happen and what this country was going to look like and operate like that all the way eight months from then that everything would be behind us and he would be able to operate that world food championship setup, but that's not obviously the case. So we'll talk to him and see how they spooled up to that and uh, what ultimately led him to make those final decisions to say best for all concerned to move this to 2021. And we'll go from here. Then we'll move to the second hour after a week off. He rejoins me for his normal first Tuesday of the month appearance. Sam, the cooking guy will be right back. And you might be thinking to yourself, Hey, You just had Sam on. You couldn't possibly have anything to talk about. You're wrong. I have too much to talk about. One day passes, and I have more than enough material to get through Sam with. That's for sure. So looking forward to getting caught up with Sam in the second hour. Now, as we move forward into Malcolm and you're watching here on the Facebook feed, please feel free to shoot the questions up. I will go ahead and cue those. And I will do my best to remember to try and reserve some time towards the end of the segment where we can flash your questions and get Malcolm to answer those. So that's how your show sets up this evening. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, on Twitter, Snappy Snaps, and TikTok. Also, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook where there is a live video feed. Of course, I just told you about that. Email coming in from Rick. In Henrietta, New York, that may mean nothing to you whatsoever. However, I lived in Henrietta, New York at one point in my very, very far back youth. Utes, believe it or not. I think I lived in an apartment in Henrietta, New York. Henrietta Highlands, I believe, to be specific. And uh, Rick writes, Greg, I listened to your bonus episode with you on the Grill Coach podcast. I have to say... You were like a pro player who was invited to give a class to the high school squad. (laughs) Granted, they don't have as many episodes under their belt. I haven't had the time to listen to them all yet. But they didn't learn from the master guest. I don't have a gasser, but defend your right to have one. On your deck, under a cover. Pissing on a large part of your potential audience is not just a rookie move, but shows that the host didn't do any research on the market. Anyway, keep up the good work. Love the show." In quotation marks. No, I didn't want to lead with that. I'll have to try to I'll have to try to tune in live sometime. Proud knife-wearing US Centralite Rick Vandermulen. Rick, thank you. Rick also writes, "PS, send me a damn knife." If you don't know what he's talking about, he is talking about this beauty. Uh, Rick as I had made perfectly clear, Last week or two weeks ago when I showed this Gerber highly custom knife, this is not something I was bringing out for sale. I went on the website and I started from scratch and made it for me. This isn't something that I was retailing. I'm not saying the cooking guy selling knives. I didn't really buy 500,000 of these because I knew they were going to sell. No, 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 no. I went to the Gerber.com or whatever the hell it's called, website, and went under custom and made this knife through their interface. It should be in here to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City tomorrow, believe it or not. So I'm very excited to see how well the pictures show to the actual physical item. Actually, I'm very excited. And by the way, if you want to buy this knife, uh, maybe I can forward you that graphic that I just showed you. I was able to save that during the custom thing, but as soon as you submit order and see that price tag, I guarantee goddamn tea, you're not going to want to buy that knife. You know what custom means, right, Rick? It means expensive, and it's a little bit more than your average, everyday carry knife. The one thing I am proud of is, A, you're from Henrietta, New York, and, two, you are a proud, knife-wearing U.S. Centralite. Those might be the two biggest items that any centralite should have, that you're proud centralite and that you're knife-wearing. I'm going to ask Malcolm when he comes on here in a minute. If he is a proud member of the knife-carrying population, not gun-carrying, we don't want to get into that again. But I wear a knife every day. In fact, I happen to have my knife right here It's right because I'm wearing the right pants. I'm not getting away with one right now, where I have my jammy pants on and you just see me chest up, and I'm only doing you know 50%. I'm doing the mullet of style business up front, party downtown. No, no, that's a. Uh, by the way, this is also a Gerber knife, and this is one that they call uh, an assisted open, so it doesn't have just like a push button open, but I can go like that and boom, it's open. It's uh, it's ready for business. So it does take like one or two times to get used to that nub thing. But as soon as you got it, boom, pops right open, little button to decompress the blade, and right at the pocket it goes. And I'm telling you, I know Sam the cooking guy a couple weeks ago was giving me a little on why I have to carry a knife. And I said, if you start carrying a pocket knife, not for defense, but if you start carrying one, you'll be incredibly surprised. The amount of times you end up using it in a day. I think I used mine at least six times today. Sometimes it's more than that. Sometimes maybe it's one time. It's at least one time a day. At least. Sometimes you can use it like a little hammer. You're not even taking the blade out. It's a great piece of tools. That's terrible English on my part. It's a great tool to have on your purse. Malcolm Reed is in the green room and ready to go. We're going to get to the hymn here in just a second. I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Attention, folks, in the business of barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations, offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow-smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. from food trucks to multi-chain restaurants. Southside sausage can be on your menu too All meats are processed in their on-site USDA inspected facility They are a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity Wholesale options are available shipping nationwide through FedEx Food service distribution through the biggies like Cisco, U.S. Foods and Martin Foods Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand spanking new Private label opportunities also available. So if you don't want to try with your own recipe, you can use one of their time-tested recipes and sell it as your own. Everybody wins. Visit Southsidemarket.com for more information. If you would like to save 10% off your online order each time, use promo code BBQ Central. That's BBQ C-E-N-T-R-A-L BBQ Central, all one word in the lowercase. And you can save 10% off Southsidemarket.com every day and night both days on the weekend too 10 percent. easy all right malcolm reed coming up next stick around we'll be right back
2: Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host,
3: Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, the list goes on. Barbecue mud, even. All the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. It is the first Tuesday of the month. You know what that means? We race to the hotline. And welcome back, the first Tuesday of the month. Regular guest, Malcolm Reed, joining me. Hey, Malcolm. What's up, Greg? How's it going, man? I am doing fabulous. Appreciate you joining me on the show as always, man. I got to say, Malcolm, your connection is so bright. I can't believe it. Fiber treating you right, my friend. How about that? So, what's fiber life like?
0: Man, it's a game changer. It, when you go from uh, you know getting about twelve to fifteen megs up on a good day to having almost a thousand at your disposal anytime, uh, it's a you know night and day difference.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it, and I will have to take your words for it because Fiber, as we had said last month, is in no schedule here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city at this point. So if I could, uh, let me boost your ego just for one second. So I'm taking out an old TV entertainment center for like the old tube televisions the other day, moving it out to the trash after disassembly, and a a new neighbor of mine, because I moved, uh, stopped and said he was walking his dog, you know, walking his dog, said, hey, I just wanted to uh, tell you I really admire the slew of cookers that you have in your garage because I'm waiting for anyone to pour concrete patio for me so I can move them out to where they are going to live. But nobody wants to pour concrete. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Anyway, I digress. All of the concrete guys are biddy. Nobody wants side work. Anyway, let me tell you this. We get to talking barbecue, and he tells me how he gets this new master-built electric smoker just to see if he's going to like it. Realizes in the second cook, this is his bag. He's talking about getting multiple cookers at this point. Says he does a lot of (laughs) online video watching, specifically one guy. And I said, oh, let me guess. His name's Malcolm Reed from Hard Barbecue, right? He's like, yeah, that's the guy. I said, yeah. I said, well, you'll be even happier to know that he'll be on my show in two days, and he's there once a month. The guy thought I was a celebrity because I knew you. I wasn't really the celebrity, but I knew who you were, and it was like instant kismet. So uh, you are reaching a wide range, especially right here in the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I mean, does it surprise you when... You know, you might get recognized if you're outside of Fernando or you hear stories like this, that because of your proliferation over YouTube, you really are kind of the face of barbecue at this point.
0: Uh, Well, yeah, it surprises me every time (laughs) people watch it. But hey, you know, it's crazy. It seems like people all over uh, watching YouTube and love to cook. So uh, right place, right time, I guess. (laughs)
3: All right. So give me the down and dirty on the fantasy football party slash draft recap because it looked like a tremendous time.
0: It was. You know, we always have a good time. It's it's one of my favorite days of the year. You know, Uh, I'm not that great at fantasy football, but I love throwing a draft party and I I like the draft. You know, fantasy football is one of those things that goes on all season. So you got to manage it. And a lot of the guys I play with take it super serious and that's. I don't have the time to be right there picking up all the, you know, the, the latest guys that are doing well week to week. I miss out on a lot of stuff. Uh, I've held my own. I've won, the, I've won the league one time since I've been in it, I guess for, I don't know, 14 years. So uh, there's some guys that have been in it that have never won the championship. So I'll do okay. But the draft is what it's all about to me.
3: When I was looking at some of the pictures as you were putting up on social media, I was trying to decide for myself if you have this party to, like completely attract everybody with the sheer amount of ridiculously awesome food that you're putting out through the course of the day, or if you guys are really into fantasy football. I think it might be the food and the guys is a fantasy football draft.
0: Well, you know, the food's my thing. That's kind of my touch. We used to, whoever won the year before had to host the party. And I guess it's been 2015 uh, f- when I won. I had to host the next party, and I've, I think I've hosted every party since. <laughs>
3: are, are there so, other people you know, in the league that can cook on your level, or or you I mean you have to be it?
0: Ah, well, you know there's some good cooks. You know we're all, you know everybody's got their own thing they do, but uh, you know I, I think I could take them when it comes down to the food department. If they come to it, but. Well, you know, any any time that I get to eat something that I don't have to prepare is always good.
3: Oh yeah. I I people always say that they're nervous to cook for me and I said, You will A never hear me complain if I'm the one that doesn't have to cook and whatever you put in front of me, I'm gonna eat, so don't worry about it or think that I'm secretly judging. I mean, that's not my style. That's that's not how most people that are kind of in our I'm not putting myself in your realm per se, but those of us that somehow got commandeered as the barbecue guy, Uh, I think a lot of people feel intimidated when we come around to eat, and it's just not the case.
0: That's right. You know, in our league, we're the ribs and whiskey league, so you've always got the the whiskey to to fill in if the food's not good.
3: (laughs) Now, you publicly asked for a league commissioner, announcer, MC, and I secretly offered up. It would have been distant, of course. I'm here in Cleveland. Uh, I would have brought much to the party party i think and you know we could have made it work especially now that you have the fiber internet so how did the 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 commissioner thing or the mc thing work out or you just kind of do it like normal like you had been in the last few years
0: yeah that was an idea i was toying with i wanted i wanted it to be where we had a podium and you had to walk up and give your pick to somebody and they read it live right there so i really didn't know how you know how we would get our picks to you if we did it virtually but you know that's, that's something we're toying with we're, we're, we're kicking around the idea next year going to vegas so i may be off the hook from cooking if we get to go to vegas next year well
3: that would be a whole different kind of draft party pal <laughs>
0: that's exactly right
3: let me switch gears just for a second we're talking with malcolm reed from how to barbecue right uh, how to bbq right.com of course and then on youtube uh, look for him on social media as well I know you have a favorite Mexican restaurant in Hernando, so have you ever heard of a dish called chori uh, uh, No, that's a new nope. one
0: to me there. You have to explain that
3: one. I was hoping to pull magic out of a hat here, but uh, this has been an ongoing discussion between uh, me and Sam the Cooking Guy in the second hour, uh, who was in San Diego, very close to... Tijuana, where the Mexican food and I guess the culinary seed in general just reigns supreme. And I happen to mention offhand that around here, my favorite dish, and we go to a couple different Mexican restaurants when the mood strikes us. I'm not a big Mexican food guy on the whole, per se. But when I get the menu, I look for this thing called chori pollo, which is chorizo sausage and pollo is chicken. So it's a, a chicken breast, I think, and they cube it. It's fried, um, not deep fried, but like pan fried, and then the, the chorizo sausage on the side, and then it has rice and beans, side of the soft tacos. And I just mix everything together, slam it in the taco, and put it in my mouth, and it, just the, the whole run of all the ingredients together is magic, and I just assumed that that's a dish that is found in every other Mexican restaurant. Oh, well then all sorts of charges are being levied against the Mexican restaurants that I'm eating at. And perhaps the real Mexican owners wouldn't serve that to their Mexican friends. And it's just put on the menu for us and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know if uh, Chori choripoyo had made it down to your neck of the woods or it's something you even never heard of. i
0: uh, never heard of that one, but it sounds delicious. And you know, I, I don't know if we're eating authentic Mexican or not, but I know it sure is good. We're at La Fiesta.
3: <laughs> I don't even know. That was my question to Sam is, I the, the, the place that we would frequent the most, my youngest daughter is friends with the parents that own that. They have uh, immigrated from Mexico. So I'm trying to figure out where is this not authentic Mexican food? Uh, the owners and, I, the, and most of the people that work there are Mexican. Uh, this screams authenticity to me. So how do you gauge authentic anything? What's your marker?
0: Uh, you know, that, that's exactly it to me. If, if, you know, Hispanic people are cooking it to me, it's Mexican food. I don't care what they're serving, but it, I mean, who am I to judge what's authentic or not to me? It's all good. I mean, I've, I've, I've been to Mexico and I've had some tacos there. I've You know, I've had, I've had enchiladas and peppers and all the stuff that they, that they serve. And just, not a whole lot different than what i'm getting here in mississippi so um they're definitely you know full-fledged hispanics that run the mexican restaurants this isn't you know some pretend (laughs) people serving it
3: (laughs) if it was me running it i i guess you could probably question my authentic recipes however uh it's not it's a it's a great dish if you ever run into it by chance or you know the next time you're up here to hang out with the dudes over at certified angus beef let me know and i'll take you to the coco locos and we'll Suck down some chori pollo dishes, and you'll be amazed at how good it is. is. with hope they got margaritas.
0: I'm down. <laughs> oh, you
3: know, they got margaritas and the, and the whole full bar over there for sure. So uh, yeah. before we get into some of the recipes and video recaps from the last couple weeks, a uh, few weeks ago, the whole family does an SCA steak cook-off. Uh, you were helping Michael do his, but your wife, Rochelle, who I was hoping that maybe would be sitting in on the show tonight, but she's with Michael doing football practice. Uh, she competes. Is this something that she would normally do, or was she going like a little corona crazy and decided she wanted to throw down? I mean, what is she into?
0: She she competes every once in a while. I don't know what got into her. You know, she was probably from being, we haven't done any contest, and, you know, she wanted to get out and she was going. So she, she's going. She might as well take a grill, and might as well enter and see how it goes, as long as I promise not to touch anything. and To let her do her thing. So, you know, I I stepped back and lo and behold, she ended up getting her golden ticket, finishing third in the contest.
3: Is she, would you term Rochelle a competitive person in general?
0: Very. She's way more competitive than I am. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She hates to lose. I don't know if it's the competition or she just wants to beat, you know, beat other people.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's one of the same. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It is. It is.
3: Has she ever done a like a barbecue contest before?
0: Oh yeah, you know she cook, She usually cooks the chicken for us when we do KCBS, and she's there at, at most contests we go, especially you know the big ones. There's sometimes she she gets tired of it when we're running week to week and you know cooking all the time. She takes a break, but uh, um, she's a real critical uh, crucial part of Killer Hogs. She's nobody cooks chicken better than her. Would Especially she, trim chicken.
3: Would she go and do a contest by herself at some point? Do you think or no? Uh
0: I don't know. If she, I mean, she could. I don't know if she would want to. Uh, she's fully capable, I and mean, she knows how to cook everything. I mean, she, you know, she's she's she, she's as good as cook as I am. She films everything I cook, and you know, so she knows what to do, when to do it, and what good food tastes like. She comes from a you know her family backgrounds about like mine. We you know we all grew up in the kitchen, grandmother's cooking, mother's cooking, and all that. Uh, it's not just barbecue at our house. She does a lot of different stuff, but she's good at barbecue, too. All
3: right, Malcolm, so she takes a third place uh, trickle-down a golden ticket, so is she going to head to the SCA Nationals to throw down and try and take away a world championship, or what?
0: Yeah, she's got, you know, Wayland's got his golden ticket, now Shell's got her golden ticket. I'm the only one. I'm the outside looking in, so I guess I get to be the, the time in, in the, and <laughs> the charcoal man
3: there. Are, are you going to try and... Snatched one here before the uh, the qualification period is over, or no?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's my plan. There's a couple coming up that are close by, so I'm gonna have to. I told Michael he's gonna have to take a back seat. I got to try to get me a golden <laughs> <a> ticket now.
3: <laughs> okay, so let's paint a picture here just for a second. Whalen's got his, Rochelle's got his. Uh, let's assume that you will get yours at some point. All three of you guys are going down amongst all the other great steak cookers, and in the end, Rochelle walks away with grand champ, uh, world champ, steak cook, do you ever live that down? Probably not. No, Hell no, you (laughs) don't. You know you don't. Oh my god. I mean, I would imagine that if Whalen beat you, you would probably never hear the end of it, but if your wife beat you, it's like an added cross because guess what? She lives with you and she can tell you how much better she is than you every minute of the day that you're together.
0: Oh, that's it. And I wouldn't (laughs) care. I think this is happy now. I want to win, but if she won, I'd be thrilled too.
3: No doubt. Uh, We're talking with Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. So let's talk about a couple of the videos that you've had here recently. I was talking about in the open this smoked gator recipe video that you did with the barbecue ninja. I know you were, when I was listening to the podcast, and by the way, if you uh, like listening to podcasts, if you like Malcolm's videos, the podcast gives you that behind-the-scenes look of how everything comes together. You get some uh, anecdotes from Malcolm and Rochelle as well, uh, which I enjoy while I'm running in the morning. But um, tell us a little bit about how you know the the fascination with the Gator came about, and how you were able to put it together finally to get it on tape.
0: Well, I've been friends with with Craig, the Barbecue Ninja, for a while. You know, he, he he cooks with uh, uh, Mubon's barbecue out of Yazoo City, which is just a few hours down the road from us. So uh, I've known him through competition barbecue. And, um, you know, he's been doing these gators for a while. And I, every time I run into him, I was like, man, when are you going to teach me how to cook a gator? I've never cooked a gator. And it just, you know, it came together. Finally, we had some time where he could get away. And um, and I called up and got a gator delivered to the house. And he come over and showed me how to cook it because that was new to me. I've had gator before, but it's just been tail, you know, kind of cut up and fried, like you'd get at a, you know, a restaurant, seafood restaurant or something like that. I've never had it whole. But um, and it was interesting. <laughs> It's definitely a showpiece. I wouldn't say it's one of the best things I've ever had, but you know, you could you could get by on it, I guess.
3: <laughs> I mean, I've heard eating reptiles is potentially dangerous. Were you worried about anything like that, or this was all, you know, good to go for you?
0: <laughs> i never heard that. I may have been, no, I may have been a little reserved. <laughs> but you know, down Louisiana, they they eat just about anything, and, and, and we're neighbors with them, so. There's not a lot I wouldn't try. Is, is that the most outside-the-box <laughs> item? it
3: raw. No, no, of course not. That would be weird. Is that the most outside-the-box item you've had cooked to date?
0: Um, well, I've ate some conch pistol down in the Bahamas raw as soon as they kind of take it out of the conch. you have to look that one up. It's supposed to be uh, standing really.
3: <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I mean, I know Kevin sure. Green over at the butcher shop sells some pretty exotic stuff like camel and ostrich stuff like that uh, so it's uh, there's an outlet for pretty much everything uh, anymore except horse of course so um, uh, have you had ostrich or camel or anything like that before I've,
0: I've had ostrich and I've had Raya bird we've actually cooked that as an exotic entry a Raya bird's kind of like a small ostrich uh, it's a lot like ribeye ostrich was too it's a, you think of it as being poultry but it's you know the meat's really really red meat uh, about like beef and it, had, it tastes a lot like beef the way we fixed it.
3: Hmm. All right. Let's uh, hit some Facebook questions. You ready for this? Sure, man. I'm always. All, all right. right. I got them queued up here. And the first one is from Robert McDonald. Looks like he might have a couple. Malcolm, will you ever get a Rectech 700 pellet grill? You on the lookout for one of those, Malcolm?
0: Um, I actually have a Rectech out in the garage. That Waylon won down at the shed um, back when he won his golden ticket earlier this year. And uh, I haven't put it together yet. I need to get it put together, but I'm kind of saving it for my new shop when I get things open there. I'll probably put it together and check it out. But, uh, you know, I've heard good things about kicks
3: uh, I've just got
0: four other pellet grills out here, too. So yeah, I, mean, I, haven't been any, I haven't been in any rush to put it together.
2: A
3: man with a lot of cookers is not a guy looking for another cooker unless, you know, it just kind of avails itself. I'm in the same position. Another question from Robert McDonald. Apple co- we had apple cobbler last night. Thank you. Did you do an apple cobbler recipe,
0: Malcolm? Um, I've done some in the past. It's been a while, but you can't hardly beat a cast iron apple cobbler on the grill.
3: Do you uh, appreciate a little bit of smoke flavor that's imparted? Yeah, you know
0: it's it's very very. And uh, cooking high temps on a pellet grill, you don't get much smoke. Yeah. You know, it's very faint, but. And still you get some, and, and and you can taste it in the out, you know, and a little bit in the crust. But it's it's pretty good. If you hadn't tried if you hadn't tried a a cobbler a dessert on a pellet grill, really, you need to you need to give one a shot. I've done you know pineapple upside down cake, done a lot of fruit cobblers, different things like that. They, they do really well.
3: Uh, next question coming in from Francois Lambert, or it looks like a statement. Hello from Manitoba, Canada. Love Malcolm and his show, How to Barbecue Right. Keep it up. So kudos to malcolm from Thanks, francois. francois there you go and uh last one coming in from uh, nick he says is killer hogs in walmart now it is we were uh, at this guy. Guy in august wow yeah. wee, that's a pretty well, big uh, a pretty big get huh yeah uh
0: 3,700 stores i think it is total so we'll uh see how it does it's got a Think about Walmart. They're you know they're the big guy, so you've got to uh, perform, or they'll yank you out of there. So I'm hoping it sells. If it's not, uh, you know it may not last long. Are you
3: the point of contact there? Like, did you put that deal together? Or are you working through some kind of uh, a food agent or something like that?
0: Yeah, you get a broker. I had a broker approach me that has I don't know forty something products in Walmart and. Walmart requested through him if he had any contacts and he reached out to one of his guys and he knew that was selling some of my stuff. And We kind of, you know, went from there and you have to do a big presentation. You actually have to put a bunch of sales numbers together and product and show them what we're doing online, how we're promoting the brand. And they go over to the headquarters and they've got this little, you know, they've got all these guys coming to pitch products. and They sit down, they all get like 15 minutes in front of a buyer and they have to sell it to them. And then if Walmart buys on it, Six months later, you'll you'll get a huge order, and they'll say that those huge orders are going to keep coming. If you can't fill them, they'll jerk you out. And if you don't sell, they'll jerk you out. And hmm. there's, a, there's a whole lot to uh, going in a big store like that. I'm, I'm learning as I go.
3: Well, uh, we'll see how that goes. And now I'll be on the lookout. And is it all like the entire line, like the barbecue rub and uh, yeah. AP and all that, or what do you got?
0: Just the barbecue rub. There, you know, it's a, they they kind of give you a shot on one, and if it performs there's the potential to add more. So, so far, so good. There, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get another pitch next year with another product and just keep building on it.
3: All right. Well, we'll see how that goes. In the meantime, you can find Malcolm Reed over at his YouTube channel. Go to howtobbqright.com, his website, and the first Tuesday of the month, you can find him right here on this show. Malcolm, always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. It's always fun, man. See you next month. All right. Looking forward to, it, of course, That's Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. And we have uh, Mike McLeod sitting in the green room right now. So uh, we'll do a little business here and get over to Mike, talk a little World Food Championships. Thanks again to Malcolm Reed for joining me. Since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas, And within that time, established itself as one of the premier brands in high-quality offset smokers, and more recently, pellet cookers, because everybody loves pellet cookers. Pits and Spits has setting itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10-gauge steel in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit, 304 stainless steel roll-top lid, and front shelf on every single smoker. So why does it matter? Well, by using higher-quality materials, Pits and Spits smokers reach and maintain temperature allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat and providing a fully welded smoker you don't have to worry about the grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel or about the grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard and by using 304 stainless you're getting an heirloom quality product that can be passed down to generations now where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider pits and spits focuses on craftsmanship and quality materials are there cheaper ways to manufacture the product sure but they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless and electronics you can't trust. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of their design and standards. That's not something you'll find in a product that's being brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply materials to be used in some of the harshest environments, so you know they're going to perform in any conditions. And their controller's made right here in the USA, so they have unimpeded transparency to the programming. Pits and Spits is a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, Feel free to give them a call and talk to them at the shop, 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits & Spits has a product for you. You can check them out and all of their products at pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their pits in the wild across social media with our handle at Spits. What's up to Ryan and Coy and the gang out there at Pits and Spits? hope everybody's doing good. And we'll be back with Mike McLeod. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the
3: Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Cookin'Pellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet driven cookers. Visit Cookin'Pellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. My personal favorite Cookin' Pellets. Love the hickory blend and the perfect blend if you're looking for suggestions my next guest the creator of the world food championships we'll get to my unique prognostication skills here in just a second but world food championships 2020 the latest in a line of notable food sport cancellations this year due to COVID 19 here to talk about what went into the decision and how they will retool from this point pointing to world food championships 2021 we go to the hotline and welcome back friend of show mike mcleod hey mike Mr. Craig, how are you? Might I say, first time video appearer, Mike McCloud. Look at us using technology. I mean, look how handsome this guy is in real life. I've been using that that picture forever (laughs) and I was going to change it and the chicks would always email me and go, he's so handsome. Don't ever change that picture. But look at you now. I mean, live and in person, you're 10 times better.
1: I don't know. That that picture is like 10 years old. I I think you might ought to go back to it.
3: Well, we might do that, depending on how this segment goes. So a lot riding here. Uh, Look, I have a lot of behind-the-scenes questions to ask here in a second. But last week, I had the embedded correspondence on, and we closed the show by going around the turn, answering if the World Food Championships would take place this year. 75% said no effing way that World Food Championships is going to be taking place. But 25% had a different take. I'm not going to assume that you just listen to every show, Mike. So let me rerun some of the audio for you, and uh, we'll get your reaction to this. I'm going to take the contrarian position. There is a 100% chance that World Food Championships is taking place. In some form or fashion, Mike McLeod will flatly refuse suggestion recommendation martial order or you name it that he will stage some kind of world food championships in 2020 i'm going on record saying it right here right now i can't think of a better reason than just saying two words mike mccloud he's gonna will it to happen what happened what did i where did i go wrong mike i mean i was pretty defiant
1: uh, first of all, I love your confidence. Uh, second of all, I would have made the same bet. <laughs> you, you and I would have been betting on black or <laughs> betting on red or whatever it is. And uh, but third of all, you're actually right because we are going to do something. Um, unlike every other event that's canceled in America, including all the big big majors, right? We're going to hold a virtual contest. I'm, I'm putting $25,000 of cash up for grabs over five days. Uh, the the original November 5th to the ninth, uh, dates of our event, we're going to give away a bunch of money. Um, we are working on how to do that. We're going to work on, uh, different challenges that are fun and exciting and, uh, kind of level the playing field, which is what, uh, world food championships is all about. But, um, yeah, holding holding the actual event was a um, w- was a uh, um, a dream that I clinged to right up until August twenty eighth when we made the announcement. Uh, you know, when, when COVID first came out uh, in, into our psyches back in March of this year, I had a, a lot of uh, deep seated feelings about that. I I was surprised to see it, all the majors canceling as quickly as they did. And I kept holding out hope and believing that there were going to be therapies or vaccines or, you know, more knowledge about this thing. Uh, I, I, I remember listening to the, to the scientists, you know, everyone now is talking about, base it on science. And um, I believe that, that we were going to get our arms around it. And unfortunately, over the, the summer months, it didn't act like a flu. It didn't just disappear. It didn't go away. So um, we have to, to base our decision on safety. We have to make sure that we're doing the right thing for our competitors and judges and sponsors and consumers. And uh, we did cancel the, the actual live event. So I'm sorry to, to make that portion of it <laughs> wrong for you. But uh, what is right for you is that we are going to do something and we're going give, to give away a lot of money, probably more money than most events give away in a real world. So um, maybe you're half right, something like that.
3: Uh, well, I'll take half uh, over 0% right any day of the week. We're talking with Mike McLeod, So you'd answer a couple other follow-up questions I had had through that answer, which is nice, uh, but let's move along here. So in the circle of trust, when this ultimate canceled decision is made, who are you consulting with? Is it just a unilateral uh, World Food Championship Brain trust that does this, or who else is weighing in or giving their opinions on what needs to happen, or, or what do you, who are you searching out to help make a decision like this?
1: Well, first of all, I have a great staff of of individuals who are are very dialed in on what's happening in the world and and what's happening at, at, at our locations for events like Indianapolis, which we were able to do the final table and uh, Dallas. We we had been watching. All of the uh, the the COVID case numbers, uh, as probably as early as as May one, I I asked my staff to keep track of it, um, keep me up to date on it, and then we we would have weekly meetings to discuss what is this doing to us, what what do we need to do. We our goal was we're we're going to have an event. To to your point earlier, we're we're going to do this. We're going to prove to um, the industry that. That we, that we can hold a safe uh, event and that it can be fun and exciting and safe at all at the same time. So we set our sights there, and my staff was very key in uh, keeping me up to date. I, I listened to the news uh, religiously since I was home a lot. Right? Right. We, we started doing sheltering uh, about, uh, about April 1st. And um, so I, I was a news junkie. I listened to numerous channels um opposing channels if you will and um really dialed in on the press conferences every time there was a national press conference i was uh watching tv i wasn't taking a phone call uh so there was that layer two layers and then the third layer was our ambassadors we you know we have um six great um world food championships ambassadors one based in dallas and we've got numerous sponsors based in dallas and of course, we do tons and tons of work with Walmart, uh, who has their finger on the pulse, probably better than than even the government at times, because they're getting real time um, uh, retail numbers. And so, through my talks with with them uh, over the weeks, you know, we we were hearing about the peaks and the valleys of of COVID. So, um, but ultimately, you know, it, it came down to the fact that every time we turned around there was still some flare-up occurring and um what's yet to come which concerned me a great deal was uh high school in texas uh, college football which you've seen cancellations you know left and right on the college football front uh and then nfl football um when when the nba and and um baseball and hockey started doing their thing some of them being sheltered and bubbled Um, but on the baseball front specifically when when these healthy athletes started continuing to have COVID outbreaks and flare-ups and things of that nature it 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 made us realize you know this this thing's just not acting like the flu it's different and um, it's it's probably not going to go away in time magically we we kind of believe back in April April May that this thing's just going to you know, it's going to run its course, and November, my gosh, that's so far down the road it's going to be fine yeah. um, so we we just ultimately had to listen to the evidence and and we we made a collective decision, and then I made the the final decision that um, it was safer not to do it than it was to do it
3: do you feel Mike um, maybe this term might be a little too uh, burdensome, but do you feel railroaded at all by having to cancel do you? think that you still could have pulled off a safe competition whether it's pared down or stripped down to some degree do you think you could have done a safe contest with all the competitors and the judges alike
1: yeah there's there's no doubt in my mind that we could do a safe contest we we have um we did that in indianapolis we had uh uh, our final table we had 10 teams we had uh, about uh, 20 judges and and 20 staff members and about 150 to 200 uh, consumers that are foodies, fans, whatever you want to call them, that came out to see it, and, and we conducted a very safe, very organized, very uh, CDC protocol type event. So uh, we we knew that we could do that portion. The problem, Greg, that I that I learned in Indianapolis, which would only have been magnified by probably a thousand times in Dallas is that you can't control what people do after the show, after they leave your event. Um, you go to an afterglow party or you go to a sponsor party mm-hmm. or you go to a, just a local bar restaurant, et cetera. You're going to run into people that may or may not be wearing masks who may or may not have COVID, who, who may or may not be washing their hands, et cetera. And so over the course of four days in Indianapolis, um, my concerns got higher and got ratcheted up every single morning the next it was the next morning that i was worried about it wasn't the environment that we were within because we had a great safety partner and we had great great protocols we we had great adherence to all the cdc guidelines but what did people do the night before where did they go who did they see did they come in contact are they coming in asymptomatic or Um, Are they bypassing our temperature control somehow, or are they going to develop symptoms during the contest? So um, that was a little bit of, that that was a big wake up call for me. And, and to think about that from the standpoint of 20 to 30,000 people. um, I know you heard rumors. There was no one at last year's WFC. I got news for you. That's, that was false. That was fake news. Um, So, you know, to, to have twenty thousand, thirty thousand individuals come through your 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 event over the course of four five, six days, you know that's a lot of that's a lot to think about. That's a lot of people that that you you can't contact trace and you can't control them. You don't pay. We don't pay our athletes, unfortunately, like NBA, NHL, MLB. We don't pay our competitors a fee. Or a salary to to participate in our sport. I hope that happens one day, but as of right now, we don't pay them, so we can't control what they're doing at night. We can't make them stay in a bubble. We can't make them stay in a group in a certain hotel. They have a freedom to go and do what they want to do. So, uh, with that being said, knowing that, knowing the spirit of our industry and the spirit of American Americans in general, um, we knew there was going to be a lot of a lot of things that we could not control.
3: Michael Cloud joining me here on the show talking about the cancellation of World Food Championships 2020. You had mentioned that there's going to be an online uh, championship here uh, November 5th through the 9th. But as you look past that going into 2021, can you game plan for anything at this point? Or do you still have to wait and see how coronavirus uh, ends up matriculating through some kind of a vaccine or maybe it uh, magically disappears or, or whatever. But how is that in preparation for whatever a 2021 version would look like?
1: I going to tell you to buy two things. If if we're facing this in 2021, you should buy fire extinguishers and shotgun shells. Period. Just, just go out and get it. Just load up. I mean, if we're facing the same crap that we're facing right now and november of next year uh we got we're gonna have bigger concerns than than culinary competitions so um to, <laughs> the, the flip side of that coin is that we're we're planning ahead we already have a game plan that we're going to implement this year anyway we were going to separate competitors we're going to separate judges we were going to take temperature controls we're going to put make it mask available we're going to have multiple hand washing stations uh we we had the game plan. So we'll, we'll implement the game plan next year if we need to. And maybe there's portions of that, that we still have to, but, um, this, this thing's got to, you know, our, our country, our world has to get this thing under control. And maybe it's a, a, a measure of, of herd immunity. Maybe it's a measure of, of a vaccine. Maybe it's a measure of, of therapies, whatever it is. Uh, but this, this, we, th- Our country can't can't handle another year of this. So I'm I'm going to hold out. um, uh, I'm going to be an optimistic contrarian to your to your uh, earlier point, and uh, I'm going to believe that it's going to be behind us, and we're going to have a fantastic 2021 event. In the meantime, we're going to have a a virtual competition. It's not going to be a a perfect replacement to the World Food Championships. We're not going to. We're not going to. We're probably not going to do it by category. We're probably just going to have some some fun things like a cupboard challenge. Uh, what would you do with this sponsor product challenge? And you know, we're going to we're going to award five thousand dollars a day over five days, um, and we're going to make it as unique and as interesting as we can because you, you 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 can't recreate what the World Food Championships is, just like you couldn't recreate what the Royal is or the Jack is in a virtual setting versus a reality. So. We're gonna we're gonna do our best to to make that week interesting, but I'm not gonna call it um, WFC 2020 uh, V V2. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. So we we will have an interesting, compelling virtual contest, and uh, we're gonna march right into 2021 with the belief that COVID's gonna be behind us, and we're gonna have a fantastic event.
3: This is Mike McLeod, the creator of World Food Championships, and if you need any further information, visit the website worldfoodchampionships.com, or of course, you can subscribe to the new World Food Championships podcast, which is about 19 episodes in, and you get to hear Mike release information throughout that podcast, at least in the open part of that. So uh, anything else before I let you go, Mike?
1: No, just other than you know, everyone keep the faith and 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 be um be smart and you know be positive. I I, I really believe you know Matt, we, we, you don't talk politics a whole lot, and I I try not to either because I don't want to I, I don't want to piss off half the half the nation. Um, but uh, one one way or another, in November, I I, I have a feeling that we're going to see some some significant things occur either before election because of. The current administration or after the election, because of the new administration, depending on which way it goes. Um, I, I believe we're going to get through this in, in 2020. And, um, you know, the, the first uh, couple months in, in 21 might be similar to what we've seen thus far, but I, I really think that next year we're going to bust out of it. Culinary um, competitions, um, have had a rough year, they've really have a, had a rough year, and, um, uh, those of you who participate in it, those of us who organize it, uh, I, we just need to be prepared to to spring back into action, uh, hopefully in spring of, of twenty We'll
3: look forward to that. In the meantime, worldthroughchampionships.com, the website and friend of show, Mike McLeod. Mike, always appreciate the time. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Greg. You got it. There he is, Mike McLeod. And first-time video, by the way. So, loved Seeing and hearing Mike McLeod, it's it's always been the phone. I don't know why we were never able to do the the Skype thing or whatever. But man, he sounded incredible as well. I I mean, you know me; I'm a big sound guy. He sounded like he was in the room with me. He he had a much cooler backdrop than I did. I'm just trapped behind these in front of these bricks. How about a horse meat challenge from Stosto sto stover How about a horse meat challenge? Not a bad idea. Virtual World Food Championships, not version two, but wir- virtual, virtual, November 5th through the 9th. a day being given away. Not sure exactly who's taking part in that or if they have people picked for that yet, but that's going to be a tough one. We'll see how it plays out November 5th through the 9th. A virtual World Food Championships. We're back to wrap the show. (laughs) No, no, no. We're back to wrap the first hour. We have a whole other guest to get to yet. Come on. Your phone calls and emails as well, 216-220-0966, Greg at the BBQ Central Stick around, we'll be right back.
2: Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampy. Oh,
3: you know what time it is. It's time to talk about Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive. Also the regular Fireboard, if you want. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. You can connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or you can connect via the red, white, and blue hoo-hoo tooths. If you have Alexa or the Google's assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. Overweighing weighing in saying cool bricks. Thank you. Dino Dan. Need some graffiti on those bricks Greg. I can't spray paint on these. They're not real bricks. Alright. We are looking to the second hour where we will find a visit with Sam the cooking guy. What is this? I'm reading an email from somebody that did not give me a name. Got a Traeger Pro 22. Will not hold and never has from day one a steady temp. Fluctuates by as much as 30 degrees. So-called Traeger expert at low. So-called Traeger expert at Lowe's. That's your problem. Traeger expert or, or the words expert and Lowe's should never be used together. But the Traeger expert at Lowe says that's normal. Is it also will not get a high setting 400 plus degree temp? Hmm. Oh, we might be able to dig into that here in the second hour. I will tell you that a 30 degree temp swing, probably not that uncommon. Not getting to 400 plus degrees in a pellet cooker? Definitely not uncommon. Anyway, we'll try and touch on that here as we break away. Get ready for the top of the second hour. You know I'm going to talk about this, right? Scott Rittenbaugh, time for chorizo and chicken, the best dish from the capital of Mexican cuisine, Cleveland. (laughs) Yes, sir. Best dish ever. All right, stick around. We'll be right back.